it's good to be home. It's good to be here with you guys. Elevate has and always will hold a very special place in my heart because this is where I was for the first two years here at Southwestern. And then Arlington Church has kind of stolen me for the last two, but it's good to be back home. Before we get started, please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're the God of all. You're the God who looks after us, you're the God who cares for us, and you're the God who speaks for us and through us. And this morning I ask for that very thing. Lord, I thank you that you've brought us to this place, brought us to this weekend, this monumental place in so many people's lives that we get to celebrate how you have brought us through and how you're continuing to ask us to journey with you. We love you and we thank you for your many blessings. In your name I pray, amen. So the engaged question this morning is, what are you struggling with that you cannot ignore anymore? So as Keithley was saying when she was introducing this morning about different things, these past three weeks, honestly, this past semester, this past year, I don't know how long, has been chaotic. Thing after thing after thing, schedule after whatnot, and I know I'm currently always running around doing something, helping something, I don't know, sometimes I fall asleep on the job because I'm too tired. But I think it's crazy because we're built to have warning signs that warn us when we need to slow down. So for the many of you who know, I was a student missionary a few years ago in Micronesia on the island of Pompeii. And hence why I always preach barefoot, because we couldn't wear shoes in church, so kind of carry that on, if, in case you're wondering. Um, but one thing we had was we had one vehicle at our school, only one. It was a crusty, rusty, old, beat-up Salvation Army 12-passenger vehicle. And this van was beloved. We loved it. It was the only thing that got us away from the school. And the thing was, it never ran perfectly. So every time we would have to get in the van, first, we, we, we mastered this. We could lift up the hood with one hand and we'd have to plug the battery in. And then you get in the van and you pray that it starts, especially if you're not at school then, because you're like, I have no idea how I'm gonna get back. And so you would turn it on, always at like empty, so your gas light is always on. Every other light on the dash is on. And any sane person is like, I'm not gonna drive this vehicle. But us, we're like, it works, it's on, we're going. And I'm proud to say that I was the person who broke it back in February of 2020. So um, everyone was very mad at me then, but it's okay. Um, I think it's been resurrected since then. But every time you turned off the van, you had to then again, pull up the hood, unplug it, and then wait. Because, and the nice thing was though, we never had to lock the doors because we knew no one could steal our van. Because we're like, no one wants this thing anyways. Um, we don't even really want it, but it gets us where we need to go. And so because of that experience, um, I'll just say this up front too, I'm not the best driver. Um, my sister echoed that right there. Yeah, I'm not the best driver. Not that I can't get us from point A to point B, but you're gonna be a bumpy ride, and you're gonna be glad we prayed when we started because we're praising the Lord that we got to this place. And so, um, for me, when I'm driving now in my nicer vehicle that definitely I don't have to unplug anymore, and which is thankfully most of the time filled with gas, I have tended to not always acknowledge warning lights on my dash. <laughs> Um, with that being said, back in November, 
I got in a car accident. It wasn't too bad. Um, like my whole like radiator got bent in. It was kind of cool. I thought they were going to total my car, but they're like, no, it's not worth that much. So we're going to just fix it. I was like, all right, thank you. So it was fixed and it runs very gratefully. I'm glad it runs. And perpetually I have tire issues now, or I did. And oftentimes my tire light would go on and like, I, I would, I, it got to the point where like every like Monday or every time I was filling up with gas, I would also fill up my tires with air because I'm like, I don't know which one's wonky. One of them is. Um, Y'all need air, like all of you. (laughs) So I constantly just keep my laundry quarters in my car now too because it's my air quarters as well. So we're, you know, always doing that. And so a couple weeks ago, actually, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before, I was driving from Keene to Arlington. And for those of you who don't know, that's like a 30-ish minute drive depending on how fast and who's driving. And so... I was driving and I was between um, Burleson and Fort Worth area. And I'm in the fast lane. I'm on the phone with my sister. And then I hear a pop. And like, it was more of like an explosion. And I was like, I think that was me. And then I was like, for a second, I was like, can I ignore this? (laughs) Like, can I pretend that I didn't hear and I didn't feel anything? Because I can keep going, right? And then like, I'm like, hey, Carissa, um, I think I might have just gotten a flat tire. Let me call you back in a few. So I hang up on my sister, and then I'm like, okay, I probably should get off the road, right? I'm like, I, I don't really want to die. I don't really want to stop in the middle of 35 either, because that wouldn't be fun. And so I, thankfully, there was an exit like half a mile away, got off the exit, got into like a parking lot. It's called House of Frames. Apparently, they sell picture frames and such. And so I just sat in the parking lot, and I was like, all right. We're gonna solve this problem. So I get on my phone, I have USAA insurance, and I like go through the roadside assistance, was like, hey, please send someone to help me change my tire because I don't have a working jack in my car. And granted, even though I know how to change a tire, I don't wanna change a tire. So I had insurance on their way, um, but they gave me like a two hour ETA. And I was like, all right, canceling all my plans for the day. And so for me, I never travel anywhere without a book and usually not without a chair. I don't know why I always have a chair in my car. And so I took my chair out, sat next to my car, put the trunk up, was leaning my feet on the, in the trunk, and I was just chilling. And so I was like texting my sister during this time. I was reading, I actually texted Pastor Swoops because I knew he was in Arlington. I was like, hey, before you come back this way, can you check to make sure I'm okay? And then he was like, well, we can leave now. We can leave and come help. And I'm like, nah, we're fine. We're chilling. There's no rush. Like, don't rush this. I like to read. I like to sit and relax. And so I'm just sitting there. Oh, I think I have a picture of my flat tire. Like, so um, it, um, it wasn't just a flat. Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of did explode a little bit. <laughs> and <laughs> so it was, yeah. <laughs> Yay, we're alive. (laughs) So that's what happened last Thursday. And so eventually insurance did come and like I had like three or four people stop by me before my guy came to change my tire. And they they were just like, are you okay? Do you need help? And I was like, someone's coming. Like I know someone's gonna come eventually. I don't know when, but someone's gonna be here. And so they were like, we can help. And I was like, if you want, I don't care. (laughs) Like. 
we're just chilling until then. And so thankfully, we got the tire changed to my spare and I slowly drove all the way back to Keene because I was like, I don't know any of these places. I like hops, so we're going to hops. So I went to hops and they examined my tires and they're like, all your tires are trash. And I was like, oh, valid, makes sense. Uh, I won't complain with that, argue with that. And so I, I told them, I was like, hey, I'm moving up to Michigan. I'm not the best driver as is, so please get me new tires. Like, we're just gonna go all full set because we don't wanna die. <laughs> and so we changed the tires and that really made me think, like, why do we fear asking for help when warning signs come on? Because I'm sure that that flat could have been prevented uh, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I remember that day, I was like, okay, next time I stop for gas, I'm gonna fill up my, my tires because I don't know which one is wonky today, but it's wonky again, because the light is on. But I was like, you know what? They haven't failed me yet, we're just gonna keep going. So ultimately, I kept pushing, and I pushed way too far for a lovely pop, but you know? And I think about this in my personal life. What are the warning signs that are showing up that are on my dash of life, whatever that is. And I'm saying, you know what? Like, I can put that off. I can put that general maintenance off. I can put that talking to someone else off. I, I'm, I'm gonna be okay. Nothing's gonna explode until it does. So how do we find that courage to ask for help and keep moving forward? Because courage isn't an easy thing. It's not an easy ideal of getting everything done perfectly and on time. And, Courage takes a lot because I know I don't always like asking for help. And I say that as someone who asks for help a lot because I have to get over myself and get over my pride. Like even texting Swoops that day and was like, hey, can you check on me if, you, if I'm, yeah, whatever. And I knew that like, yes, he's gonna help me because he said that he will and he has not proven otherwise anytime since then but still there's this innate fear inside of me that am I worth it enough to get help? Am I worth it enough to have someone take their time and help me? Is it okay to not be okay or should I just mask this all and keep going? Because no one needs to stop what they're doing for me. And so I think about this, why, what, how, where do we find the courage to ask those questions? to see those people, to seek those answers, to go to that person, to ask for help. You know, because this year at Swalu, our theme has been persist. How do we keep persisting? You know, if you had asked me hmm, a couple months ago, oh, how are, are you excited to graduate? Like, I would have been like, am I gonna graduate? Because I had a lot of stuff going on and it's been a tough year. And I'm so glad the Lord has got us through flat tire and all. Uh, School and all, we've made it through, but how do we keep persisting? How do we keep finding that courage to take that next step forward? To call a friend, to ask someone for help because we know that we can't do it alone. So a couple years ago, um, I'm an avid camp person and one Sabbath we were sitting at ad staff training and we were going around sharing some of like our favorite Bible verses. And my friend Chelsea was sitting next to me and she shared this verse, which is the verse that the sermon's based on today. And it's Hosea 6, verse 3, which we read together. And it says, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. He is going out as sure as the dawn. 
and he'll come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. So I grew up in sunshiny Florida, which isn't very sunshiny most of the time, so I don't know why they call it the sunshine state, because you get probably about three rain showers on average on day, a day on average, I said that backwards. Um, and I love the rain. I hate cold rain. Cold rain, I don't know where that's from, but warm rain, I love the rain. Um, I'm always the one who's like, I'll just go outside and be in the rain. And being on the island really affirmed that for me because um, living in Micronesia, it's technically like a rainforest. So we get rain over 300 out of the 365 days a year. And so it's always raining and I love it. And I love the sound of the rain. And I like to think of that image of, you know, we don't always know when the rain comes, but the rain is coming. And God's gonna come to us like that rain. And he's gonna offer us that help like the rain when we need it the most. And also, he's as sure as the dawn. I have not had a day where I have not seen the sunrise, thankfully. You know, like I don't, I don't always think of that. Sometimes I'm up way before the sun and sometimes it's way after. But regardless, I can look out my window in the morning and see light. And I don't think about how consistent God is, God is in his ways with us. And how he's like, I'm going to come as the sun. And if that's not enough, I'm going to come as the rain too. So if I'm going to give you something that's going to be consistent every day, I'm going to come out of the blue as well. Because that's how much I love you. I love you as sure as the rain falls. So what does persistence look like? Persistence can look like a bunch of things for a bunch of different people. I mean, each of us are different. For some people, persistence is praying together, having an accountability prayer partner. Other people, it's going to someone, going to a therapist or a psychiatrist, because Lord knows I would not be here without mine today. But persistence is about waking up and choosing to say, all right, Lord, you're coming as the sun, you're coming as the rain, so I know you're going to be with me here today. And I think that that's the cycle of just moving forward. And persistence doesn't have to look like a big thing that happens and say, look, all of a sudden I am here, I'm graduating. No, I'm graduating because I came back here five years ago in 2017 and I was like, I guess I'm gonna go to Southwestern. I guess I'm gonna study theology. I guess I'm gonna take Greek and almost fail. You know, I guess I'm gonna do these things that are hard, and I know that the goal is there, but I can't tangibly see it until I'm here. Because a few months ago, I didn't know if I was gonna stay in school. I didn't know if it was worth it. I was like, ah, I'm tired of school. Do I need to graduate? Do I need school? And just going through a lot of things personally as well was really struggling to even wake up day by day. And I was struggling to see the purpose of what does this persistence look like? And every time I feel like God's just saying there, and he's like, you know who I am, and I'm going to take care of you. And although I'm very stubborn, I fight with him a lot, but just that persistence of like daily, like, Kayla, I'm here with you. You, I'm here with you. Todd, I'm here with you. I'm going to be persistent because I'm going to show up every day like the sun and then other days like the rain when you don't expect it, but you need the water the most. So God challenges us to get back up again because he doesn't want us to stay on the ground, even though the ground can be comfortable. Um, 
Another one of my favorite island stories was Christmas Day back in 2019, and we were hiking. I don't know why anyone wants to hike on Christmas. That doesn't sound fun to me. Um, anyways, I got lost in the jungle for seven hours, and I literally thought that, that was my death day. And I might be overdramatic, but that's who I am. And so I remember at one point, I fell down a hill. I was, I was gone that day. I don't even know what happened. But I remember I fell down a hill into like this little creek, and I'm just laying there on my back. And I'm like, Lord, you can take me now. Like, please, if you are faithful God, you'll let me die here. And of course, my fellow student missionaries are like, Kayla, you better get up. We're going to keep going. And I just wanted to lay there because I was comfortable in laying there and saying, I give up. But it's at those moments where we say, Lord, I give up, that he offers the hand and he's like, well, I'm going to take you back up again because we're going to go a different route than the way you've been going. <laughs> I'm going to give you a walking stick this time so you can actually have some support instead of you grasping at nothing. And he says, I am going to carry you and I'm going to make sure that we do this together. So if you turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. This is a widely repeated verse, verses, and I just, I love, I love the glimpse of persistence we get from them, and it says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there laid up for me in the crown, uh, up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have loved his appearing. So the fight that we're fighting isn't in vain. The persistence we have of showing up and waking up and choosing to take a step forward is not in vain because the Bible says here, Paul is quoting here that there is a crown waiting for us because that day might seem so far away. And for those of you who aren't graduating yet, you're like, am I ever going to get there? Because trust me, I don't even feel like I'm here yet. And it's crazy to think about the foundation on foundation that God continues to lie upon another. After hit after hit, he's like, well, we're going to get back up. We're going to get back up. And sometimes you can look at someone and see how crazy far that they've gone from where they once were and say, well, I want that. But they didn't get there like that. They got there by taking one step and saying, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to keep persisting. I'm ready to keep pursuing this goal and this call that I have on my life. So as we're wrapping up, I want you guys to think of, so what now? So what can we do with this information? What can we do with this stuff? How? How do we keep persisting? So my questions for you this morning. What is the limiting factor in your life? What is that thing that's holding you back from asking for help, whether it's pride, whether it's, I don't know, what else? <laughs> what is that thing that's limiting you from addressing those lights on your dashboard and saying, hey, I need to address this because I need to get this taken care of so I don't explode. And with that, number two, what issues are those things that you need to address? What are those things that you need to tackle that can't stay there anymore. Because trust me, I like to ignore things. And I could ignore that flat tire all day long until my car stops moving and I get rear-ended by someone going 90 miles an hour and dying. 
And although that is dramatic, that could have happened if I chose to ignore the situation I was in. Because if we don't address the situation, the consequences can get so much greater than what they start out being. And if we preemptively take care of it, then we don't even have to go through $800 of new tires. But, you know, lesson learned. And number three, how and who can you ask for help? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what struggles you have and what questions you're dealing with and grappling with. But how and who can you find that help you need? To find that extra air to put in your tire. <laughs> to find that extra help and support that you need because we're not journeying alone. So this morning, my prayer for you, my challenge for you, whether you're here for graduates or you're graduating or you're here because this is your home church, keep persisting, keep moving forward because you're not alone and you're never gonna be alone.